Welcome to Comic Book Nation, the official podcast of comicbook.com. I'm your host, Kofi Outlaw, and we are here for episode 10. We have made it to double digits, and we're still surviving. And still riding with me right here on my left side is my co-host, Matt Mueller. This is how we do it. Oh, man. I'm going to stop throwing (laughs) it to you. I might just have to just take over your introductions totally. (laughs) And as we said before, BD is out right now. Brandon Davis is out on a world tour of uh, his man of mystery living. And so it's given us an opportunity to cycle through a bunch of the fine members of the comic book staff. And today we have somebody you might recognize if you've been a fan of uh, comic book now and other stuff we've done around the site. Mr. Charlie Ridgely. What's going on? Hi, everybody. It's good to see you. All right. It's good to have you here, Charlie. I know you've you've been you've been itching. You've been like one of the most enthusiastic people about oh, I've been, this, I've been ready, about man. this whole comic book nation journey. I've been ready. And it's a milestone episode. It makes me feel a little important. Oh, see, that's nice. Yes. Now if we make it to eleven past this with you, that'll be a good sign. You didn't make so. fun of his intro. I, I mean I didn't say anything dumb. I, no, yeah. I didn't say anything <laughs> dumb either. It's a great song. He didn't drop dated nineties references. Man, we are waiting to see if Luke Perry is gonna be okay right now. I don't want to think about the 90s. I just want to, I'm just hoping for a good future here. If you don't, uh, sorry, you, better give man, that context. Man, jeez, let me bring it I down. I know, way to bring it down, all <laughs> the air out. No, we're recording this, and uh, we're waiting to hear 90210 star Luke Perry is had a stroke, and uh, is we're hoping for a speedy recovery for him as Absolutely. we're recording this. We were kind of all watching that before we walked in here to record. But that's not going to be our show today. On Comic Book Nation today, we are going to be breaking down the X-Men Dark Phoenix trailer we're going to talk a little bit about what's going on in the DC movie universe with Suicide Squad 2. There's a new Walking Dead spinoff series that's been announced, and Matt is going to take us through the best things happening this week in comics. Yay, yay! If you want to hop on board this Comic Book Nation journey, you can always find new episodes posted as articles on the site. We have an RSS uh, subscri- feed that you can subscribe to. You can also subscribe to us on Spotify, on Stitcher, on iTunes. But we're still not on uh, Amazon every, Music yet. Every time. Yeah. <laughs> well, we got to keep people updated. Every we might have time. People, Matt loves Amazon Music uh, and people might love it I don't even love it. it. You. It's just a... I don't, just, think, I don't think we come up in Pandora It's a great either. value. If, if okay? you've been wondering... It's a great value. If you've been wondering, I don't think we come up on Pandora either. So uh, that's that. But let's get to it. All right. So first thing, Walking Dead... We've been talking about The Walking Dead, actually, in 10 episodes, it's actually come up fairly often, even with BD, who is, like, our Walking Dead man not being here, because there's a lot happening with the show. Andrew Lincoln left, uh, it's season nine right now, Andrew Lincoln left, Chandler Riggs left, uh, who plays Carl, left last season, uh, Denai Guerrera, who plays Michonne, announced that she's going at episode 10, Tom Payne, who plays Jesus, dropped out. I mean, it just seems like things... Lauren Cohen, oh yeah, I forgot. Maggie has kind of in this weird hiatus where she's gone but not gone for right now. And so the main series has been looking like it's losing steam. And it's probably for that reason that AMC has come forward and announced during an investors meeting uh, or call shareholders meeting with like Wall Street today that they are planning a new Walking Dead spinoff series. We already have Fear the Walking Dead, which... I think a lot of us in the office go against uh, general opinion because people don't necessarily like Fear the Walking Dead. Mm-hmm. But like, I know Charlie, I know Brandon, I know myself and others in the office have all really liked how Fear has evolved and changed mm-hmm. over the last few seasons. We kind of liked the uh, Morgan introduction. Maybe not everything about the show. Brandon has a big problem with like that lady villain who was in the last season and all. But 
we've liked how it's kind of found its footing, even though it's a completely different show from where it right. started. Um, so we're kind of interested to f- hear what this new series would be. No details have been given. I don't think AMC even has like a firm idea. Like the COO, Ed Carroll, said the following about it. I'll read it to you because I don't want to mess up his vague words. We're not at a stage where we'll be announcing its plans to premiere, but we have hired creative people that have pitched story outlines. We feel very good about the development of that series. We're not in a position to talk about partnerships, blah, blah, blah. But we've had a number of conversations with a lot of players in the space. Again, very vague TV speak that means we have a show idea. And we hired some people. And we hired some people. (laughs) And we're working on it. Yeah. So, I mean, we've done plenty. I mean, if you've been working here, I'm sure you've come up against at least one list of possible Walking Dead shows we could have and scenarios Mm -hmm. and stuff. But uh, I want to hear what you guys think. Um, like, what what else do you do with this premise? Because obviously they're trying to keep going back to this well uh, and keep tapping into this. And I'm sounding cynical, but I actually do think there are good ideas for what you could do to kind of better explore this world or tell more stories in it. What do you guys think? I mean, my, my thoughts are pretty succinct on it. So, I mean, if you've mm-hmm. got ideas of what you would like to see, Charlie. I mean, I don't have any, like, many specific ideas, but I, I, like, I agree with what you're saying, Kobe. I think that there is a, a well to be drawn from. And I think in the past, they've maybe drawn from the wrong part of that well. Like three Rick Grimes movies, we don't, we don't need that. You know, but something that's completely different, you know, fear has become something very completely different in tone. Um, and you, know, you can put something in the winter in the mountains and it's very like, you know, very contained and very small. Or you can set things in other countries. You can put things, you can do like a dead island thing and put things in, you know, the tropical area, like you can do so many different things with that zombie genre and still be successful because it's got the walking dead name on it. Do let me ask you guys two questions. I mean, the two biggest things that I hear when people, the fandom starts talking about what to do and what other shows you could do is you could do a show during the actual fall, a big kind of disaster event series during the actual collapse of society Hmm. and more detail than like fear or the main series has shown it. The other thing that you could do is something that I'm kind of totally blanking on as I said it. So let's just go with that first thing. I forgot the second <laughs> well, thing as I was ir- talking. Ironically, yeah. way way back when we did the, uh, the in the infamous test episode. Oh, I remember a series that actually has to do with curing the zombie apocalypse is the other thing because we had the CDC episode in season one of the show, which was mm-hmm. not not from the comics at all. Which goes- people really responded to that. Well, it, well, see, people say that, but then it always feels like that episode gets crapped on by, like, Kirkman and, like, the other people of, like, well, we're never going to go back to that. That's, yeah. that's not what we want the show to be about. But that was one of the most interesting episodes for me, which is why I'm more interested in the Rick Grimes movies because, you know, Brandon was like, oh, well, you know, that might be something tied in there. And that, that's the most compelling thing for me. If they're going to do a show that's about that or explore that aspect that's the only way you're gonna rehook someone like me um i'm i'm not going to check out another fear of the walking dead set in wherever brazil like i'm not gonna i'm not gonna watch that because i don't watch it now and it's it just doesn't grab me anymore so and i think kobe those two those two things kind of tie hand in hand or they, or they at least they could you know you could have a very i don't want to say politically charged but like that type of you know really fast talking you know, dialogue-based drama that 
you know, the zombie the zombies are there and it's a thing, but it's focused more on the the politics behind when the world collapsed and the people in power trying to retain power and trying to take power and then the search for a cure that came with it that ultimately probably fails. Um and that like that journey there could be very, very different from what we see on The Walking Dead. It feels like you just described an Aaron Sorkin Walking Dead. Yeah. I was <laughs> Which exactly. if that's the case, I would watch that in a exactly. heartbeat. But that's just because I'm like, do, like deal with the CDC and, and the different companies, like the different corporations that are trying to fix the problem, but also, you know, benefit themselves and it could it could be beneficial, but it would take regular Walking Dead's Walking Dead fans getting used to because it's very different from what they're used to. All right. Well, just to bring this, put a bow on all this, it sounds like I think we're all in just to, we need to hear the concept, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah. And we're going to, and there are going to be some pretty strong reactions either way if this thing ever gets to kind of a a further stage of development. So uh, I guess we'll just throw it out to you guys. Hit us up, hashtag Comic Book Nation. What would you guys like to see in a new Walking Dead spinoff? Something that is not going to be just a retread of fear or the main series. Let us know. But we're going to keep it moving because we have more to talk about. Let's hop over to the DC Extended Universe. So, Suicide Squad. Pretty much the, like, the most infamous comic book movie of the last few years that I can think mm-hmm. of in terms of just the divide over this movie. I mean, critical opinion versus fan opinion. The money it made versus you know the money that people think it deserved <laughs> to make. The fact that it has an Oscar now behind it. Like... And the mess of just the Frankenstein mess with uh, David Ayer's movie that he wanted to make, which is like probably a gritty kind of street crime movie Mm. to this DC crazy fantasy with the Enchantress and all that that they tried to tack on with it that didn't make any sense. So Suicide Squad is like the redheaded middle child of the DCEU. Um, But, but this is a rare case where, I mean, we're getting kind of like one of those you know, alien aliens type deals, right? Like where the sequel sounds like it could be, you know, um, like way more interesting and just, I mean, kind of a flip, but like a good flip in a good way because now we have a sequel upcoming. Is it officially called The Suicide Squad? Yeah, the, the Suicide Squad. Okay, so yeah, they just threw a the in there. So <laughs> the next one is called The Suicide Squad, not Suicide Squad 2. Um, so, and now we have, uh, Guardians of the Galaxy director James Gunn hopping on board for that, which is way more fun. I think, I mean, for me, I, Guardians was not my Star Wars cause I'm just mm. older than that, that like it was for a lot of people in the MCU. Like, yeah. so I mean, I came up on James Gunn, like from his indie work, from watching Slither like and- Slither and Super and all that stuff. And so, like, hearing him take on the Suicide Squad is actually more fun to me than hearing him take on Guardians because he was trying to make, like, all these space characters into these lovable weirdos. But in this, this is, like, pure James Gunn. This is, like, where you just give him a set of zany characters, a crazy kind of high-concept premise, and the ability to start killing off some people. And, like, that's going to be tons of fun, I think. And yeah, and I think he, I'm really kind of looking forward to that. But... We're getting to that in a second, but let me just drop this. There's one person who won't be back for that fun, and that's Will Smith. Yeah, uh, Will Smith has dropped out of the Suicide Squad due to scheduling conflicts, not any kind of like creative disagreement, I guess. It's important to note. But he's not coming back as Deadshot, and now there's kind of a question on whether to recast the character or introduce, because of the nature of Suicide Squad, it's a rotating roster when it needs to be, which is like all the time, so... You don't have to hold to anybody. 
And I think it was, was it you, Charlie, who, before we got in here, had a good idea of how to kind of get over that hurdle about the Will Smith Deadshot thing? Yeah, I mean, I, I, I think it was a good idea. Um, I'm glad to hear you say <laughs> well, it. Well, offer to um, the people, let the feedback. <laughs> um, I mean, we're not going to have Deadshot, and I don't think you want to recast that character to somebody else, because Will Smith's a recognizable, charismatic person. Yeah. Um, but there is a very similar character who's, like, floating around in this, you know, DC universe, like, bubble right now not attached to the actual reality and that's Deathstroke um, Joe Magniello we all love him as Deathstroke uh, he kind of came on because they wanted to use him in the Batman that was mm-hmm. he was a big part of uh, a Ben Affleck's design for Batman and then when the Snyder thing fell apart and when Ben Affleck left Batman Joe Maniello is kind of one of the, the, the worst casualties of that because he's a so well cast as Deathstroke. He looks great as the character. Not to mention he's, he's already been on about screen. Like, yeah, yeah, this and, isn't and people, That was a lot of people's favorite part of Suicide Squad was seeing or, him at the end. Or, 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 I'm Justice sorry, League. Justice League. Justice League. Yeah. Justice League. He was in a post-credit scene yeah. for Justice League. And seeing him at the end, like he looks really good as the character. You could bring him in to replace Will Smith's Deadshot in that like shooter, grounded human role, someone who's not some kind of evolved being. Um, and you can actually give him a full arc because Will Smith's arc was kind of completed in Suicide Squad. And you kind of, it makes sense for him to not be back. Charlie, we don't say, I'm going to be like, I'll be real with the people now. We don't say this a lot around the comic.com <laughs> offices. But Charlie, that is a really good idea in some ways. Like, well, thank it you. really is. Like, um, uh, I think it's a good idea because Deathstroke way. has been looking, I mean, they've been looking to do something with him as a character yeah. in Possible Franchise. He's a really compelling character. And he's got a lot of sides, a lot of, once you, I mean, he's simple at first, but once you get deeper into him, it gets a lot deeper Mm. with the Shakespearean family stuff with him, Slade Wilson and his long history. And more importantly, it would be really interesting to see Amanda Waller try to kind of corral corral Deathstroke is some, something really great because he is this, like the best assassin in the world and trying to keep him on a leash would be kind of an amazing, just a subplot in and of itself, right? Yeah. Mm. Like, how many ways is Deathstroke going to try to, like, screw off, screw all these other people over and get the hell out of this situation as quickly as possible? And seeing Margot Robbie's Harley Quinn up, a, like, against him, like, juxtaposed with him on the same side would also be interesting. Oh, yeah, because, uh, I mean, he's in some ways he's even more, like, of what they intended Deadshot to yeah, be. Yeah, he's very much first like... Because he's going to be, like, really iron-jawed, stoic, like, yeah. no-nonsense... Whereas Will Smith still has to crack jokes and one-liners yeah. and do that kind of yeah. stuff. So I think that's a good idea. I think Charlie just solved yeah. the Suicide Squad's problem. Bring in Deathstroke. Use it as a backdoor to his own franchise yeah. or the Legion of Doom or whatever. And I, and I think you're right in the sense that, no, they shouldn't recast it mm. because you you could use Will Smith again. It's just a scheduling conflict, yeah. right? So if the Suicide Squad does great and Gunn sticks to this, then the next one would be an exciting thing to see Deathstroke, a more fully established Deathstroke and Deadshot together or something yeah. like that. Yeah. When he has to come back into the squad, like, you know, stuff like that. So I think that's a good idea. I mean, we don't come here to solve problems. We just do because naturally sometimes we're just good at that. And I think that's what we've done here. <laughs> so we're just going to keep it moving. And that is uh, Suicide Squad. So stay tuned because coming up, we're going to break down that X-Men Dark Phoenix trailer. And Matt is going to take us through some of the biggest releases in comics of the week. Knowing how to speak and understand a new language can be an invaluable tool when traveling, meeting new friends, or just even to master a new skill. 
But it's not always simple when you're bogged down by textbooks and structure classes. That's why so many people trust Rosetta Stone. Rosetta Stone is the most trusted language learning program available on desktop or as an app. It truly immerses you in the language you want to learn, like Spanish, French, Italian, Chinese, and more. You won't just be studying English translations. The Rosetta Stone intuitive process helps you pick up a language naturally, first with words, then phrases, then sentences. Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com rs10. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com rs10 today. All right, let's talk X-Men Dark Phoenix. We've been talking about, uh, you know, the middle child. Uh, this is like the redheaded stepchild of superhero movies right now. This movie was supposed to uh, arrive what this year, last year, both. I forget. I, I mean, I've been it we've been like covering. Seven release dates. Yeah. Let me just take aside and rant a little bit. Uh-oh. Like we've been covering this movie for so long that like ah, like I can't even just tell you like when it comes out. No matter how good it is, if it's Oscar worthy. I'm just going to be like, get it in theaters, get it the hell out. I'm tired of writing the word Phoenix. Like, I really am. At least it's not Gambit. Oh, man. Well, and, and, and there's, there's two of them, because New Mutants still, we have, we know oh, nothing yeah, about New Mutants. Too. Yeah, and New Mutants has disappeared. New Mutants is all but disappeared from reality. Thanos snapped it out of existence. Like, it was coming. We saw a trailer. It looked awesome. And now that movie's not coming. Me. Oh, my. I think Are you kidding me? <laughs> me. It looks fine. Great use. It of looks, looks so much better than Pink Dark Phoenix. Floyd's the Wall. I, I'm not saying horror it, movie. Uh, X Men. Baby this, rattlesnakes. This is a potential derailer. So. Baby rattlesnakes can't control their venom. Like that whole thing was great. I rewatched that the other day. Ah, forget you. Anyway. <laughs> it's a fantastic trailer. Yeah. Anyway, Dark Phoenix has been here and almost here like so many times. So many release date shifts, reshoots, and so we get this new trailer. And I'll just give you my overall impression. It's an X Men movie. It has people. Sometimes they're wearing X's on their shirts. <laughs> you know, that's that's basically my takeaway. Like, it's an X-Men movie. It has people in it. <sighs> Sometimes they're wearing X's on their shirts. But this trailer gives us a really big spoiler. I mean, I can't even call it a spoiler anymore, so I can't say it. No, it's in the spoiler. trailer. We, we, all, we all knew it. Yeah, we yeah. all knew it, and now it's just in the trailer, in your face, as they're killing off Mystique, Jennifer Lawrence's Mystique, who I've been having the cons- tin hat conspiracy theory all day that she was just like, put it in the trailer that I'm dead, so I don't have to answer questions about this movie. Like, everything's going to be like, Jennifer, what are you? I don't know. I'm dead. What about the next sec? I don't know. I'm dead. Like, that's what I figure like, that was, because she wants out. Oh, yeah. Uh, like, way overdue for out. But, I mean, this looks like, I think I saw this trailer this morning, and I said, man, like, in all seriousness, The Gifted Season 3 is going to be off the chain, like, when it premieres. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, it's going to be off the chain, Gifted Season 3. I mean, it just looks like a, like a, I mean, this was my thing about Apocalypse, too. Like, it just looks like a really good TV episode. I mean, it But this all looks seems- better than Apocalypse. Yeah, I mean it does okay. look better. Apocalypse than Apocalypse. looked terrible. Okay, but it's it still the, but it, they're almost it feels like the same structure. <laughs> yeah, it, it doesn't feel any different. Like some mission, something different. Some mission the in the one. beginning, super powerful mutant, and then we have three soundstage sets where we're gonna do semi interesting battle with mutant so, powers, and then it's I mean, you just you just voiced though my entire rant about like the X Men movies. The days of like future, they're all days of future, days of future past was good. Yes, it was. But it still comes down to the same three characters that they always focus on, and yeah. it's it's the same thing here. Now, the what I liked, maybe I came in with it 
maybe I came into it with a low bar because the first Dark Phoenix trailer was trash. Yeah. And looked very bad. Yeah. So I was like, wow, I won't ever get those minute and 30 seconds of my life back. Like, it was that bad. So maybe I came in and went, oh, wow, this is an actual trailer. Like, this is actually, mm. there's some interesting things in here. I do like, maybe I was also just happy that, you know, I kind of looked at it as like one down, two to go. Because I'm like, they got, they got rid of one of the trio. And I'm tired of every X-Men movie being about Xavier. Magneto and Xavier and Mystique. Mystique. Yeah. It's I'm, so, I'm sick of Mystique, too, but like... It's they, the X-Men. It's Xavier about and Magneto them. <laughs> have been the strongest part of this franchise the no, entire been, time. The, okay, McAvoy would make anything strong because he's just a good actor. So but I think the same about those Hoffman. characters are boring. They're so boring. They, they I, I'm not disagreeing I mean, with you, but yeah, they, it's, from, from young to old, it. there is nothing. It's just new here. done. Yeah. I want focus Unless on the Professor young Professor X and Magneto start kissing in the next movie. Like we've we've that's done it. everything. Like yeah, that's it. Characters, but here the Chastain stuff has me interested. That was I, and actually I was surprised at how much I was. Um, I was pleasantly surprised by Sophie Turner's. I think Phoenix. she's the best thing about this movie. Yeah. Like when I see these trailers, her kind of the beginning is like really messed up. Like when she's crying and kind of talking yeah, to like whatever that other thing is in her mm-hmm. head about like, why did you make me do this? Like this story of like young woman empowerment, like that's interesting. Yes. I just think that the last couple of movies have become really lazy in their staging of action in the X-Men series. Completely. Like Apocalypse. It's just people on wires on what are obvious sound stages. It just is all kind of staged and blocked really badly and boring. And, like, we're, we're talking about superhero films. It's boring. The battles, are, I mean, yes. are, like, I mean, are going down legendary. The airport battle in Civil War, even if you feel some kind of way about that movie. Battle on Titan and Infinity War. I mean, this is an X-Men movie. They should have been mastering this long before yeah, yeah. Civil Wars and Infinity Wars and got here because they you. have yeah, an ensemble it, this of superpowered their, characters. This is their fourth movie. With yeah. the, I mean, it's seventh if you want to count all the other stuff, but like, this yeah. is their fourth movie with this cast, and they still have not really gone. I mean, they did in the second movie with Days of Future Past. They did something big, yeah. and then they just reverted with Apocalypse, I guess he was big, but it didn't feel it, that Yeah, way. it didn't feel It didn't, feel, it didn't feel real, exactly. and then they go this, and it's another step backwards, and it's a movie that we've already seen. Yeah. Like, X-Men The Last Stand came out, what? Oh, I wasn't going to get into that, but oh, 13 you you years ago. You opened, it, you opened the door. It, it, it's only it. been 13 years. Yeah, this is X-Men The Last Stand, right? Like, it's exactly the same. Take away the mutant power. No, door. this is not, I don't think this is going to be Matt, that bad. Bruh. The Last Stand is terrible. Matt, okay. This just, looks terrible. No, this does not look that bad. Let's no, that is, that this is, is a cynical. Like a 2019 Wait, That is Last cynical Stand. movie fan talking. Let me explain what I'm saying. <laughs> you tell me which film I'm talking about, Last Stand or... Dark Phoenix. Yes, I'm, I'm listening. Okay. As a result of some kind of action or trauma, Jean Grey begins to remember that Professor X repressed her powers, gets super pissed off about this, rebels against Xavier and the X-Men, hurting them in the process and killing some of them, goes to Magneto for guidance because he's got the other philosophy, ultimately just discovers that Magneto is just as pointless as Xavier, Mm-hmm. And is going to crush them and destroy everything until yes. the person who loves her most comes and tries to intervene and gets back her human side. Oh, and by the way, there's going to be a transport heist. Yes. Where a bunch of mutant prisoners are going to get broken out of a transport. Which movie am I talking my about? Argument, Dark Phoenix or Last But that Stand? wasn't my argument. 
That was changing the narrative. That wasn't my argument. What, what I said was argument? this movie. I don't think this movie looks nearly as bad I mean, from a technical as la, as the Last Stand. Doesn't plot wise, yeah, because they're based around the same story. Of course, there's going to be similarities. And Neither all the X Men, all the X Men movies have stupid transport scenes. He's absolutely right. I'm not saying there aren't mirrors there. Yes, absolutely there are. But what I am saying is this movie, even from trailers does not look nearly as bad as no, the last I, stand. I don't think it looks as bad yes, as the last That was my point. Okay. But I don't think when making a new X-Men movie we should have ever been bringing up the last stand as any kind of comparison. Charlie. But I'm <laughs> <laughs> no, it's not. I didn't make the movie. No, this is not just Charlie. This is already going down like yeah. already the like, fandom I get, I get the Dark Phoenix storyline is a cool and iconic in comics history. Yeah, but like, and the real Dark Phoenix story is like a cosmic mm-hmm. crazy story which if Fox had been willing to pony up the dough like there's I agree with all market of this, by the for way. that. I Eric the agree. Red, the Shi'ar Empire, oh, like Star all Jammers. that. Star Jammers. Oh, like, man. Now you're speaking Even language. if you just did some of that, like, instead we just get, like, we don't even have an alien yet. We have Jessica Chastain with a hair dye and a trench coat. But here's the crazy thing, though. For, like, reading Kinberg's comments, uh, director Simon Kinberg, who has been working on this franchise for yeah, a long, for a long time, time, right? Yeah. Um, for him, when he was talking about that, he was like, we wanted to embrace the cosmic things. And I'm like, so by yeah. going to, by literally flying a ship in the space, and like, that's the only real yeah. scenario. I'm like, I mean, did you understand he, he how had, big this movie he is? He had good intentions and you wanted to do the I right get, thing, but like, I don't want to make this comparison because I, I think a lot of Simon Kinberg, but like, Josh Trank had a lot of great intentions too. Oh. Ooh. And... You know, Ooh. just because you're you're trying to do the right thing by the comics, you're trying to make this a newer take on a story that we've already seen in the last decade. Like it doesn't mean you execute it well. Yeah, learn from Spike Lee. Just because you try to do the right thing doesn't mean you get proper <laughs> recognition. Well done. Way to bring that. Yeah, back. way to bring that back. But, <laughs> all right. I mean, the bottom line for me is in 2019 there are some big superhero films I'm really looking forward to: Captain Marvel, Avengers: Endgame, Spider Man. Far From Home, mm-hmm. Joker, Shazam, Shazam. Full Shazam! Stop. You didn't say it. Full stop. Shaft. Yeah, Shaft. But you're looking Hobbs forward to Shaft Shaw. now? Hobbs and Shaw. I'm just talking all about of those movies look, look better yeah, than Dark Phoenix. Yeah, these are just all, all things I'm more Phoenix. anticipating than Dark Phoenix. Like, Dark Phoenix. Sorry, Dark Phoenix looks better than Hellboy. Sue me. Whoa! I don't know about Batman. Hellboy looks like uh, garbage on a as plate. As a new Hellboy trailer is about to drop. <laughs> well, new, I disagree. Quote me. I don't, I don't know why you're doing that before this new trailer is about to drop. Whole That's fine. I mean, it better be better than the last two because oh, they boy. suck. What do you mean two? That's it's been uh, one trailer. What's teaser. your Twitter handle again? That's Matt, Matt Mueller CB. All right. I am Matt not Mueller afraid CB. of my predictions. Or for hot takes. For hot takes, Matt Mueller CB. All right. We're going to move right along because Matt is going to follow <laughs> his own hot I takes. don't think that's that hot of a take, to be honest, but this looks better. The internet will let you know, that's I'm sure. Matt, <laughs> what's happening in comics this week? Oh, uh, well, okay, so this week has been a very nice week for comics. Um, so first off, because... Oh, and quick thing. We didn't get to get to it, but uh, PSA, uh, Power Rangers Beast Morphers, Oh, kicks off that. Uh, this Saturday, which is the first episode in the new yeah. Hasbro-owned series. So tune in for that. It's got to be time. Matt is like two Power Rangers, what BD is to Walking Dead, what uh, Megan is to anime here. So yeah, man, stump for those Power Rangers. I'm very excited. I'm very, the toys look sick. Toy Fair was awesome. And so now we actually get the show. I'm hoping Is this hoping the one we talked about a couple episodes ago? 
Yes, that show. Do you have a better explanation? Uh, here's the thing. No, 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 no. Because yes, I do, but I'm not going to go into that because we got comics to get to. But, okay. But we will. I will have an episode here where we talk about reaction. All right. So, uh, but while we're on the subject, Mighty Morphin Power Rangers number 36 came out, which continues the Beyond the Grid arc, which is centered on uh, a bunch of fan favorite Rangers who are essentially stranded in a place that is not connected to the grid. Uh, so we got new Rangers, the Solar Ranger, and they're trying to figure out why this place is not. There's still this looming thing of like Shattered Grid ended in a white light. So we're not sure what happened to like the old universe or the original Rangers. Um, so it's like, uh, it's, it's pretty cool. If you haven't checked it out, you totally should. Just go back a few issues. Um, and uh, so that'd be awesome. Next up is Buffy the Vampire Slayer 2, uh, which is the recent, I guess you would so call it. Or just like the, all of my 90s becoming comic books. Because <laughs> <laughs> it's like a, a reimagining of the series. So okay. it's got all the same characters. It's just a little remixed. Uh, but it's it's really good. Like they're doing some really interesting stuff. In this issue, we get like a bunch of people. Like we get Cordelia comes in. We get Spike. Uh, Drusilla already made her appearance Man, last Cordelia. issue. Man, that takes me back. And My it's crushes. it's interesting, by the way, how they're how they're uh, taking her on. Like when she shows up, it's actually way different than I assumed. Because from people who've watched the show. Cordelia is not the uh, nicest person, and she's but well, she starts out anyway. Uh, and here, it's like a totally different take, but it's interesting. Uh, so that's also out. So you should definitely check that out. Uh, next up, this is a perfect uh, primer for Captain Marvel. Captain Marvel comes out next weekend. So there is a new one shot, which is Captain Marvel: uh, Braver and Mightier. Um, it's not really. It's one of those things where it doesn't. You don't have to pick it up for story reasons or to understand anything. It's really about if you want to get an idea of like who Carol Danvers is, her personality, why people have kind of flocked to her over time, this is the issue. This is a great issue to read. Sums it up, why she's so lovable and awesome. There's no goose, which is unfortunate, but, you know, it's fine. Uh, after that is Amazing Spider-Man number 16, uh, which is the hunted prelude. So the comics are bringing Craven back into a big role. Oof. Uh, and this, this is the, even the hunt, this explains essentially like what he's been up to since he returned, uh, his whole family brought him back from the dead. Uh, and then he killed them all for it, which was really kind of crappy. Cause yeah, that's, that's if someone brought me back from the dead, I wouldn't like immediately yeah, kill, can't hold grudges. It's like a whole life. Kids. And then evidently he had a bunch of like, he cloned a bunch of kids, a bunch of sons of himself and then set them all out to do trophies. And then his son, one of those sons killed all the other sons. The very like. It's a very screwed up family dynamic in this issue, <laughs> but uh, it's, it's interesting. So uh, this new one's going to be like one of the big Spider-Man events of 2019. So if you want to catch that, this issue really just brings all of you up to speed. Like, you don't have to read anything else. For a return, Craven? To I mean, movie side he's or? still one of the most popular... He's still there, one of the most popular movie, villains. Is that movie still in development over at Sony? Oh, I don't even I mean, know. Sony's in development at Sony. Yeah. Sony's as bad as DC now. They just announced stuff. Well, they also have an Oscar now. Wow. You gonna Thank you, Spider-Man. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and then we've got a couple of picks from Charlie. I did make some picks. Yes, you did. Comics this week. Um, the first one is uh, Avengers No Road Home. I think this was issue three this week. And it's a weekly thing. It's like a mini series um, that's an alternate team for the Avengers it's uh you got people like um Hercules is part of this and you've got Hercules. Uh, Rocket Raccoon and Hawkeye and uh Wanda uh, Scarlet Witch and Vision 
um, and a couple uh, other lesser known Avengers uh, Hulks in there. Uh, it's a it's a really really cool team. It's a, it's very different than the normal Avenger series that's that's ongoing right now. And they're they're taking this whole fight like it's the whole thing through realities and up to Mount Olympus where all the gods were slaughtered. And it's a really interesting story. I, I didn't expect it to be as good as it is, but like you have people like Al Ewing and Jim Zub and Mark Wade attached to it and working yeah. on it, and so it actually it actually works out really well. It, um, I had to review the first issue and I wasn't very excited about it. Like, oh, it's another Avengers spinoff. <laughs> but it, it was really good it, because it's so different from the other Aren't those Avengers the books. best, though, when you get proven wrong? Oh, yeah, yeah 100%. I have those. Yeah. 100%. Um, and the other one that, that I've been reading lately that I've really been enjoying is Fantastic Four. And issue number seven comes out, or just came out this week. Um, and Fantastic Four, this this reboot that Dan Slott's done, is one of the like purest comics out there today. Like It, it feels so much like, like those comics you grew up on that you love. Yeah. Like it's, it's fun. It's got heart. It's really colorful. It's got a, a story that's not hard to follow, but like it has you know complicated layers to it. Um, it, it really grasps that old school comic feel, and, and it's a lot, a lot of fun to read. And, um, they, Slot gets Ben Grimm so right. Slot is just, and, I and that, It's hard to get Ben Grimm right, I think, without him I being agree. Like, super annoying. And uh, seeing Ben Grimm like, actually be someone I care about on a you know issue to issue basis, I I really really appreciate what's happening in Fantastic Four. Um, well, and one of the ones that I actually uh, reviewed this week uh, and it's been kind of divisive is Heroes in Crisis, uh, which new issue came out today. I actually really I actually enjoyed this issue. I feel like I'm one of the <laughs> minority that this series is kind of getting dumped on. It's kind of the punching bag, <laughs> and uh, but but I I like this issue. It, but it's one of those weird things. I would actually want to hear from listeners what they think of this series. Well, you got to sell this. I mean, it's who who okay. does this series. So Tom King writes this series, uh, and Clayman does some gorgeous art uh, in the series. So it's not that it's not a pretty book, and the premise is interesting. So this deals with Sanctuary, a place that. Uh, the Justice League set up so that people could essentially deal with post-traumatic stress disorder. Like essentially being a hero is hard. Uh, You know, their jobs, they have to see, they witness a lot of death. They deal with a lot of uh, crazy things. And so they wanted a place that they could go privately to deal with those issues and have some sort of therapy and work through things. So it was supposed to be secluded. Unfortunately, um, since then, uh, there was essentially a massacre that happened there uh, where a lot of heroes died, including Wally West. Um, and they also now have since the presence of the place and, and everything about it has come out in like a giant expose. So like the world knows about this place. They know all these heroes were looking for treatment there. The video confessionals that they were talking into and recording have all come out. They've essentially leaked online. So there's like a lot of fallout. Plus there's a murder mystery. No one knows who killed these people. And who killed all these heroes? So it's it's a lot of like it's a really interesting premise. So is this like an Elseworlds thing? Is it? No, it's in continuity. Oh wow! And it's a but it, and it's a maxi series. But the problem with that a lot of people seem to have is that while it's a compelling topic, it doesn't necessarily nail some of the nuances that that that's a heavy topic. That's a very delicate topic in a lot of ways. Um, so mental it, health, yeah, yeah. So. It's, it's not light reading. Yeah, exactly. And so now, yes, you're applying it to superheroes. And, and I think he's done a really good job in some respects, but it's very divisive. People seem to either love it or hate it. This issue was one of the better issues. I, I started the series uh, a little late. And then when I read those first few, it wasn't getting to the point. And the murder mystery is the least inter- interesting part about it, because essentially it was either Booster Gold or Harley Quinn killed all these heroes. And neither person do you really want to see that happen to. Uh, so you're kind of 
there's no one to root like against or for, and they haven't done a really good job of planting those mysteries. So uh, I would be interested to hear what our listeners think about that because I it's it's torn the office like into. It's, there's a lot of people that you either love it or hate it. You don't really sit in between. So I'd that's, be curious. That's a lot of Tom King though. Like when we talk in like our, our comics chat, like there's a lot of Tom, the people who love Tom King or really don't like Tom King. And I tend to be on the love that. side, but he does have his duds for me. But I. I I love his dialogue. Mm. His dialogue is really interesting. It's charming. The banter back and forth. It's great. So all right. So that's it for comics this week. Comics. <clears throat> all right. Looks like we got a little bit of time. Charlie, in like about Yo. a minute or so. Charlie Ridgely is our Gotham expert. We try to tout everybody's expertise when they come on. Among other things that you do, you are our sole Gotham expert because you've been the sole. No man one else watches it. Brave enough to <laughs> dive into that hole. Gotham's coming to an end. It seems to be a pretty exciting end. Yeah. You got about a minute on the clock. All right. Can you tell people what's going on with Gotham and why they should tune in for these last episodes? Oh, that's such a loaded question. But uh, it's it's cooler than it's ever been before because they're building towards Batman's introduction. And we know we're going to see Batman at the in the very final episode. Um, you know, we, we got Bane that's being introduced. Uh, he has a really, really cool backstory with Shane West. And it's just, it's a full throttle show that it wasn't, you know, the first two seasons were kind of slow. And then this season's really picked up because they're ending and and the last like, really the last two years everything's just been kind of breakneck speed throughout it and, and there's a lot of exciting stuff happening and it gets weirder and weirder which works because Gotham kind of figured out in the last couple years we're not normal and the more we try to be like a normal comic story the more we're not going to work and so they just like took a nosedive into the wacky and it's awesome um, and you know we're building towards the end and the big thing people care about is obviously besides Batman is the Joker and the creation of the Joker and we had Jerome that turned into Jeremiah and uh now, last week, Jeremiah basically got put in a coma, and there's no clue what's going to happen, but they've teased all season long that Cameron Monaghan, who plays the character, is going to have like one more evolution, and we don't know what that is. Um, but there were a couple teases this week, one from GameSpot and one here uh, from us. I'm going to pull up my notes real quick. Um, John Stevens, the showrunner, talked to GameSpot uh, and, and said that the new version of Jeremiah, when he eventually comes back, that might be in the final episode. It might be before that. We don't know yet. Um, but we saw those leaked photos online that may or may not be actually him. Um, but he called him actually a nightmare. Like he's, They're going to they're gonna hone in on the horror and terror aspects of the Joker that they haven't before, nice. the really scary parts of the Joker. Um, and I talked this week ahead of the episode to Francesca Root Dotson, who plays Echo, basically Harley Quinn on the show. Um and she had a really cool reaction that just said, uh, when she I asked about her reaction to seeing that last one, and she said, this thing passed me behind in the makeup chair and said, hey, what's up? And I was like, what the F is that? I didn't even know who it was. It really scared the out of me. Like, she was, like, terrified. She had no idea that her friend Cameron was was behind her, and it's a completely different character we're going to see as the Joker born. I don't know if that's that impressive. I do that to Matt in the office, like, <laughs> That's very true. Yeah. Well, but it sounds good. All it's right, it's gonna so be weird. That's your stump for Gotham. That was longer than a minute, but we let it go. Because, I still catch uh, Kofi staring at me from the other side of the office. Oh, I'm always, I'm yeah. always watching you. Just yeah. always watching to see if you can feel me. You know. Wow. But that's what we'll end it. <laughs> this is Comic Book Nation. This has been episode ten. We are double digits. As always, you can. Come to the site. We will put up new episodes there. And from there, you can get the gateway to subscribe to our RSS feed. Or you can go on Spotify, Stitcher, or iTunes and subscribe there. If you want to continue any of these discussions with us, we will always be checking the hashtag Comic Book Nation. And you can come at us individually or just say hi to us individually at our respective Twitter accounts. You can reach me at Kofi Outlaw. That's K-O-F-I Outlaw. Uh, you can hit me up at Matt Mueller CB. 
And I'm at Charlie Ridgely. Keep it simple. All right. We have new episodes every Wednesday and Friday. And as promised, we've been going through some of our reviews. And any of our, we've been saying to people, just leave us a review if you guys are enjoying the show. And we are going to pick some of the best reviews. We're going to read them here on air. And we will send that person a piece of comic book swag in the form of a T-shirt. So this week, we have another one just to keep you guys motivated from The Rig or Therig. I think it is. But this one I thought would be appropriate for today. It's called Great Way to Keep Up on All Things Comics! Exclamation point. Hey! And here is what Therig says. Hosts are super enthusiastic and the topics are varied and informative. A great way to keep up on the comics world and their related movies, TV, and video games. With some wrestling thrown in! Exclamation point. I highly recommend. Matt, did you write this one? I might I was about to ask that was Matt's burner account. That gets it too sweet. Yes, I did. Did you? No, I didn't. Oh, I was like, wait, what? No. All right, because you're not getting any T-shirts. You should well, why? Front because you already have like eight. I work here and I can't get a T-shirt. No, exactly. All right, but thank you, Fairig. That is a very nice and kind review. We invite you guys to go on iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, leave some reviews, and let people know. Also, share if you guys are liking the show. Share it with some friends. Uh, and that'll about do it for us now that we've uh, stumped for the show. Tune in on our next episode. We'll get back with you. This is Kofi Outlaw signing off. Comic Book Nation. Deuces.